0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. I'm your host for this afternoon, Dan Roenson, joined by Ashley Priest and a lovely green jumper number there you got on, Ash. I like that jumper, nice. Yeah, um, It's been press conference day. Aaron Danks has taken his first proper press conference as an Aston Villa manager or interim manager. Uh, as we know, in our own know, will take charge from next week. Uh, I've been a little bit out of the loop today, I've been at the hostel this morning um, for a baby appointment thing. Um, everything's fine, uh, if everyone's concerned. But yeah, a bit out of the loop. Not seeing really much from the press conference. I'm actually going to ask, have to ask you to kind of educate me as we go the way through these. Um, but before we get into anything that, that Danks has said and predicted 11s and all those usual kind of things, how are you, first of all?
1: That's a nice question, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> um, fine, mate. Yeah. Uh, pretty mad week, isn't it? It's only been just over a week since Gerard Sacking. A lot's yeah. happened. A lot of information to divulge and... Got the announcement, didn't we? At the start of the week, but yeah, all going on, all going on. And I, I've got the monster drive to Newcastle
0: tomorrow.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, 200 mile round trip. I've got, a, I've got a hotel stay over, which is very kind. Um, I'll need it, so um, yeah, um, Premier long in, drive Premier tomorrow, in Premier in Gateshead. Yeah, could, could could pop out for a crafty, crafty points as well. You never know, but um, <laughs> yeah, Newcastle tomorrow, 17 years since we last beat them up there. Is it? 17 you know years.
0: When we were going to get to our predictions, I don't know what I was going to say for Villex. I feel like they're a bogey team for us. Yeah, bogey team. Good, bogey good, team. Good start, that is. 17 years, bloody hell. How old have I been then? Uh, it's been 10. Was that, was that 2005 then? Yeah, I was 14, I was. 2010. Wow. 2005. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, I, I know I'm as much in the loop. I, I know it's Newcastle tomorrow. I know that much. Um, my chair's falling apart. Um, let's get into the press conference. As I said, Aaron Danks, his first proper press conference. Obviously, there wasn't one for Brentford last week with it being a, a Thursday game. And obviously, Gerald was sacked on that Thursday. Incidentally, by the way, I think this is our sixth or seventh podcast since the Gerard sacking. It felt like a very full-on week for us. I saw all our stats yesterday. Like, Your views are higher than ever. <laughs> We've uploaded a million videos. It- right. Everyone watched
1: the Guillain-Bella one yet? Well,
0: that's a must watch oh, must watch yeah great work from John Townley really really good the Unai Emery announcement video that we did uh, the day the night that he was announced again me and John did that on the evening that he was uh, confirmed I think that did like 18,000 views or something which was like well stand out was like a really good good number for a podcast then the Guillain Balagay one that we did the day after or the day after that that did like fifteen or 16,000 views, which again is kind of unprecedented for a podcast like that. 20 minutes, short, sharp, really informative, really worth your time going to watch that. Um, so if you're not seeing it, I'll ping a link below. Um, you can go and listen Very to good. it after this. You know, we won't be in charge tonight. As we know, it's Aaron Danks uh, tomorrow. Sorry, It's Aaron Danks again. Um, we'll talk about team sections and stuff in a bit. But the presser overall, generally, what was he like and what was the mood like in body more compared to, to recent weeks?
1: Yeah, great guy, Aaron Danks. Nice seeing a a, brummie, 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 a fellow Brummy in the hot seat as well. Um, yeah, nice guy. Really, really good. He was absolutely shattered last week after that. I know he did a lot of jumping on the sideline mm-hmm. uh, with the goals flying in, and he, he took a moment towards the end. He really went up to the whole team, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And he was saying, he was looking around, he was tapping the fans, and he kept seeing someone, you know. He kept seeing <laughs> familiar faces. oh, there's Davis, Just kept seeing people out the blue. Um, so very emotional for him and him and the coaching staff had a bit of get together in one of the lounges at Villa Park afterwards. A Couple of beers, nice, nice, nice board to eat, and all the family got together. So nice for them to revel in that moment. Mm. Very special. He was asked about Do you fancy being number one. It's a pretty, pretty decent win ratio so far. Um, <laughs> but he hasn't thought about that. He's a coach first and foremost. Um, he said, ask, ask him, ask, ask me next week after the Newcastle game whether I fancy fancy cracked it at some stage. A massive bumblebee in the window. Oh, you wouldn't believe not like big. But it can't get in because the window's closed. Um popped me off, that
0: did. You should've had a good link there about like beating the bumblebees like that. Yeah, filler yeah, buzzing. Oh, good, good.
1: But um yeah, thanks in great form. Uh, what else do you go into detail about? Um, yeah, Unai Emery hasn't spoken to him yet. He hasn't been oh, in contact.
0: Great question. Good per- time here from Kennel 195 Did Dank say if he's been in touch with Unai much? And again, I'll ask you about Unai in a sec, but yeah, no conversations between them two as far as you know from Danks himself.
1: No, no, no. Uh, Danks admits his phone has blew up off the back of last week. So he's, he's, he's only just finishing responding to people now. Mm. I imagine Dean Smith's probably texting him. Probably Gerald's probably texting him as well, wishing him well done. But no contact with Unai Emery. I think that's fair, really. It's been been a bit of a whirlwind week for both of them, for Unai and Farron yeah. as well. So leading to it, I think I think Unai must have been in touch with the analyst departments, get some videos sent across, do his own work before he comes in next week. Yeah, And yeah, so we will have a keen eye on it tomorrow, Unai. I think he's still in Spain at the moment. We'll get an update on Monday with regards to his backroom staff. A big backroom staff coming along, Dan. Lots of people he trusts and I best sharpen up on my Spanish, I think. Um, I best I best slow down a bit of press conferences. I'm a yeah. million miles an hour, so I best um yeah I'll be I best be over for Unai. I'll, I'll speak speak clearly, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I had a are running with Jurgen Klopp, aren't you, with the Germans? And now, yeah, right? we, we special though, as we've seen, Peaky Blinders fan. He might out of all the journalists there, putting national press stuff. Yes. He, he might get on with your accent more so than anyone's.
1: I hope so. Hope so. Yeah,
0: not really.
1: Yeah, watch Peaky Blinders, so that's, that's that's a bonus. Um, what else did he? Uh, name Eren Danks. Yeah, so his position's um, unclear at the moment. He's still in a, a state of limbo. Aaron Danks, Neil Cutler, Austin McPhee are the three that don't know where the futures are at the moment. So that'll be made more clear in the coming days. And, and yeah, that's where we're at.
0: I think that's the question I was about to ask, was there anything on, on Danks' future himself? It's nice having that little bit of go-between at their kind of club appointments now that they've survived Stephen Jarre being sacked, survived Dean Smith being sacked. And if, if the worst comes to worst, and we're talking about you and I, Emery being sacked in Hover, long down the line, Danks, Cutler and, and McPhee are kind of go between us now to bring some kind of consistency to to the club in terms of you know, the staff above them in Pursle, et cetera. Then these coaches are kind of always around the place. Until it goes wrong that they're around the place and Villa are doing badly, you kind of have to look at them then and say, hang on, are you a bit of a curse here? You three guys, you've been here this whole time. But they're well-liked, they're well-respected in the dressing room, they're well-respected amongst the fan base as well. If there's a place for those three in amongst Unai Emery's, you know, like you said, big backroom staff as well, I would like to see them stick around. Maybe I'm a little bit sentimental, but they've done nothing to make me go, oh yeah, get them out. Get them out and get rid of them. So yeah, hopefully they stick around, but like you said, more clarity on that next week and maybe after Newcastle. Um we'll talk around Emory in a sec. Let's go with injury updates. The biggest one I suppose is Luca Dean pictured back on the grass, uh, is what I've seen of it. I've not seen any quotes about whether he's available or anything. So do you just want to run through injuries for us?
1: Luca Dean, yeah, he's back in the squad tomorrow. He's had a okay, full week right. training. Luca Dean, so four week training. So thanks is has he got a decision to make there left back? Probably not. Ashley probably keeps his place. You think, but uh, yeah. Luka Dean back in contention. uh Yeah, determined to get back into the starting eleven. Ashley Young has been re- doing really well in his absence. Five weeks he's been out for Luka Dean, but he's back now. Good news. Mm-hmm. And uh the news I didn't think I'd, I'd see is, is Bubakar Kamara back on the grass. Um, yeah, surprising. So he's back way ahead of schedule, even in contention for next week against Man U. yeah,
0: such that, as being his rehab.
1: It's just that's surprising, yeah, so, very surprising that one. So yeah, there's hope Kamara will join the join the full training on Monday after Newcastle. So that's a big bonus. Elsewhere I haven't heard of, of uh, Ludwig Augustinson. So I suspect he's he's out, he's out again. He's got a hamstring injury, picked up on his on one, one and only start against Leeds. So he's still out. Jed Steer still out with his Achilles injury and, and Diago Carlos hoping for a January a return in returning January. So as you were, but Luca Dean's back it back involved.
0: Yeah, but I don't know what they're feeding them at Bodymore Heath. But it's superhuman these players coming back from injury so quick, so constant. Was it was it concert? Yeah, concert come back what? quicker than we thought. Dean's come back again a little bit quicker than I thought. I saw a quote. I think it was yesterday with Kamara about um, you know if he, if he's fit he'll play a big role for the France squad in the World Cup. I think the well, World Cup's like three weeks away. Surely he won't make that. And I saw another quote saying he might be available for Emery's first game against Man United. Like, Where's that come from? We kind of picture back on the grass one week and then fit and ready to go the next is yeah I thought we'd kind of see a little bit maybe a training video of him or something and then well, he's out of his boot he's on the grass he's in the gym but no it's sort of like oh well, yeah he's fit yeah he's yeah. ready he there went we to go. Dubai
1: didn't he he went to Dubai and Villa Villa's high performance centre there must be something some in there whether it's chambers yeah. or something yeah it's really really helping so uh, yeah. big bonus that
0: um, this probably will probably be a little bit shorter than, than usual because so like I said I've been a little bit out of the loop and I've got another meeting soon as well it's been a busy afternoon um, so we'll go on to predict 11s in a sec but we'll stay on Ashley Young first of all comment here from Jamie Ashley Young all day first name on the team shoot right now I agree Jamie I think it'd be interesting if Dean did come back I think Ashley Young still plays but right back I think Ashley Young plays regardless I think he if he stays in the team and he really thinks yeah Dean's got to come back I think Cash, Cash is, is then up for goals yeah. Ashley Young can play both sides
1: yeah, that's viable. You could see that, but yeah, I'll keep it as the same. I would. I think Cash didn't do too bad last week. I, I didn't think.
0: I think, no, no, he, no.
1: I think he. I think they worked quite well. Cash and Watkins, big big friends off the pitch as well, mm. which which I think is important on the, on the on the pitch as well. So I'll stick with the Cash Watkins down the right for me tomorrow. Uh, Tune will probably play Miggy Almir on, on the right. They played Jolington on the left last last week mm. against Tottenham. So maybe that'd be the same same case with them. So yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll be happy with with
0: keeping it the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to flash up the away, um, wrong one, sorry. the picked the 11 card, but it's not not really much of a talking point, is it? Because like, you don't change a winning team very often. You surely don't change a 4-0 winning team, do you? No,
1: not at all. I mean, were you there last, last Sunday, Dan, was you? I was there, yeah. What, what was the feeling like in the stands? Like, What what's going on? What was it like for you?
0: Well, we've talked a lot on the podcast, haven't we, about like, again, in the Smith era, in the Gerard era, like when we're playing well, we're ticking on nicely. We've said a lot of times about we'll batter somebody one day and it never oh. quite came. Do you know what I mean? Like we kind of felt like oh, at some point we'll blow somebody away. But that, that performance... Gerard, said that. Yeah, Gerard yeah, exactly. said that. yeah, like We're close and, you know, if, if things click, yeah, we'll kind of blow someone away. To be... Well, obviously, I mean... They didn't score, so we could have won the game one nil on paper. But to have killed the game off at three nil after 14 minutes is something we've not seen at Villa Park for a long time. Now, even in some of the wins we've had recently, still even you know two of the goals are come in the second half or something. I said when we were in the podcast after, I think it was me and John did it, maybe uh, or me and Matt, whoever it was. It was like I got to hearts half time. I was like, well, this game's won. And that's not a feeling we've had at Villa before because you think, well, it's 2-0, two, a two bit of a dodgy score. Like if they score early in the second half, we might throw it away. They've yeah. had their bad half now. They'll be better in the second. But even Brentford weren't that much better in the second half. And, you know, we kind of took our foot off the gas a little bit, I think, but still scored a goal in that second half as well. But it's been a very, very long time. And, I mean, again, a bit of recency bias here. Someone will probably correct me. I can't feel like I can remember another win like that where I've thought at half-time, this game, this game over. And then that was after 15 minutes. Period. I thought well, Brentford won't score three goals here today. I don't think as much as we could throw it away. We we look so solid. We look so creative. Yeah. We look like we've taken the handbrake off. The atmosphere is good. No, this is comfortable, confident. I'm not worried about the second half at all. And that's a very strange feeling to have. Um, I said after our post-match show actually that even under in, Be- in Gerard's best performances and best wins last year, so the Southampton four 0 the Leeds three, uh, Crystal Palace away. It's, to me, and you might disagree, it didn't feel as complete a performance as what we saw against Brentford. That's that felt like the best win we've had in a long time as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. We've absolutely blitzed them, didn't we? Just came out there, threw it on them. And yeah, yeah, I think I think I agree with that
0: 100 percent mm. Uh basically started even the Liverpool seven two, I wasn't comfy at half time. I can't remember <laughs> no. the score at half time there, but you still think oh it's Liverpool, I might come back into this. What was the <laughs> half time score line? Can you remember?
1: Fine, are you asking me? Oh dear.
0: 3 1 or something? Oh God, I don't know. I shouldn't know this really, but you, were there, oh, you, you there. were there at least. You were there at least. Go on, let's Google saying? Four one, the comments say four one at half time. I was close to three one. Yeah, yeah, four one at half time. You still think, well, this is the champions. Like, like, good. Yeah. We score three goals in the second half. But yeah, three 0 against Brentford at fourteen minutes. I kind of thought we might as well leave now because we won't lose this. This is a good, comfy position to be in. And yeah, it's been a long, long time since since I felt that at Villa Park. Um, let's go away from match day briefly and talk about something different. Um, we will come back to an in a second. Should we talk about Claret and Blue live? A little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, routine, why not? Yeah. Still, no. I'm still not in a position to be able to fully confirm the details. So You're the man in the know, aren't you? I'm the man in the know. I'm the IT car on the situation. So, Clarence Blue Live, I did a tweet about it a couple of days ago, and people thought it was a live stream and saying, you know, what time is this on? Where do I tune in? And I was like, <laughs> no, 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 it's not that. So, obviously, the Villa View Live was something I was a part of a couple of years ago where it was a live event that you come to, live Brilliant. Q&A, podcast, raise some money for charity, etc. Basically, I'm doing that again. <laughs> it's the long and short of it. We want to do something similar. We've talked about doing one for a long, long time now. Um, we're coming up to three years of doing the current Blue podcast and I feel like we've had a couple of conversations. We've certainly had meetings about it where we said, right, at the end of this season, we'll do it. At the start of next season, we'll do a preview. We'll have a mid-season break, whatever, and we'll, we'll have a chat then. And then, you know, football matters happen and things get delayed. Like Dean Smith was sacked early into that season. You kind of think, oh, it's a bit of a fresh start now. Let's kind of focus on... And you get into this this rhythm of pre-match, post-match, pre-match, post-match and everything kind of falls by the wayside a little bit. You get to that end, end of that season, Gerard comes in and it's been difficult to find a place to do it. Now, the World Cup break comes at a very natural time of five or six weeks without any Aston Villa. Any podcast we do kind of has a longer shelf life because we can talk about things on the day after the last Premier League game of the break and that kind of won't be outdated by another match the following weekend. There's a nice big gap there. So that's the aim for it. Most of the details are confirmed now. There's a lot of paperwork I'm having to fill in and and health and safety and risk assessments and stuff. So I can't fully come out yet and say, yes, it's on this day at this venue at this time. This is how you get involved. I'm hoping if people come back to me, uh, I can announce something after the Newcastle game or early next week. And we can say, right, it is this date. It's mid-November. I can say that much. Again, don't want to settle it down too much because it might change. It's not at Villa Park. I can tell you that much as well. But it'll be you, me, Ash, Matt, Pat, John, whoever, sitting at the front, podcast, live podcast in front of an audience. I think it's 150 tickets I think we're allowed to have for the venue that we've got. Then we'll do a and a We've got a few raffle prizes. That's one thing I will mention on this as well for people catching up or listening to this live. If you're a company or you're on Etsy or you're a brand or anything like that, if you want to get involved and donate some prizes, shirts, prints, bubble hats, whatever it might be, wristbands, anything uh send me an email again my email is in the description below or below this tweet if i put this out on twitter contact me if you want to give something away in return for a bit of promotion we'll tweet your website link out we'll talk about it on the podcast etc if you want to get involved do help us because we'll uh, be raising some money for the villa foundation and acorns same charities that we're raising money for with the marathon that we're doing next year as well (laughs) So that's kind of a little away from the match day update there. Uh, Client Blue Live, I said the Blue Live then. Cloud Blue Live coming soon is the best I can say for now. Um, so stay tuned for some more updates on that soon. Excited though,
1: are yeah. Excited, yeah. Nice to get together as opposed yeah, to uh, doing it on a StreamYard and on YouTube. Nice to see people in person. Um, always love meeting fans and, and getting amongst it, really. So, yeah. Billy's on Kendrick, I think. That's, yeah, like, yeah. that's the, uh, the rumours. Yeah, yeah. It's his sure. This is round, it'd,
0: be weird, it'd be weird doing a podcast because we've remember when we did the Aston Social one this summer and um, we were doing the preview there and we had all the people in there awake. Yeah. We were like laughing and telling jokes and stuff and they were laughing. And I said a few times, oh, it's like having a laughter track. But hopefully, that's what it'll be like when there's people there. We've got people applause or laughing and stuff. It'd be weird to record a podcast in that environment where people have come to see us and ask us questions and stuff. It is good fun. Obviously, have yeah. done a couple of them before. So more information on that next week, possibly tomorrow, if paperwork gets signed over the next 24 hours. Um, so stay tuned for that. Right, back to Newcastle. Like you said, bit of a bogey team. Not very much a bogey team. What was it? Not won at uh, uh, St. James's Park for 17 years, is it? Is that correct? Yeah,
1: two thousand and four. The... the Nicky, but Lee Bowie and Dyer. Oh, is
0: that the last time we won there? Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That is crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I would have come out and just said, "Yeah, let's have another win to to back up back up uh, last week's performance." But obviously, Newcastle a, a different beast to to Brentford at home. I backed um, Brentford
1: last week. You know, I can't believe that.
0: Yeah, we all did. I think. We didn't yeah, do a match preview it. last week because obviously Gerald was sacked on a Thursday night and there was no post uh, pre-match presser. So we didn't do a proper like sit-down podcast about Brentford. But I think we were chatting away from it and we all predicted us to lose. I think, well, one of us might have said a draw. Um, so St James's Park Saturday first three o'clock kickoff for a while. Not on TV. Hopefully that breaks a bit of a jinx as well. Um, what's your score prediction, Ash?
1: the hoodoo's going to end soon hasn't it it's going to end there's a feel good factor with Aaron Danks Uno Emery's taking charge players have got points to prove they want to impress
0: yeah that's true I've got
1: 1-0 to the Villa 1-0 uh, back to the wall job and we get get out there with three points and back to Brum 1-0 Villa come on why not
0: okay Pat said exactly the same he texted me first of all saying oh, we never win at Newcastle so I'm not sure about this and then he went ah oh, well 1-0 Villa so he said the same as you a few comments uh, 3-1 Villa it's got to be right one day, says Dave. 2-1, says Jason. I mean, this is vastly different from, from the last preview we did. Everyone's <laughs> was predicting, <laughs> previews, if you remember. Uh, 2-2. 2-1, Newcastle, here from Rachel. Boo, Rachel, get out. Uh, Newcastle, a duo blip, says Jason. 2-2 in my head, says Steve, and 3-2 to Villa in my heart. That's some goals, Steve goals, goals, there. It? Uh, And 2-3, a goal fest from Jake as well.
1: Yeah, not good for there. my Lord blog, then.
0: 2-3. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and me on the social media updates at least top in a way. away. <laughs> uh, I, I fancy us, I fancy us, but I'm not going to go for a win for my prediction just to be a bit more measured. I've gone for one all with mine and um, be a bit more calm than the Brentford game, less control uh, than we had in, in that game as well. Yeah. Um, but like you said, and a point that I should have really thought about but I haven't, something to prove for the Villa players because so much as Zuna Emory Emery will have, you know, 10 or, 10 or 11 games of this season to watch back and he's very meticulous by the sounds of it and will watch every minute of football that's available to him in, mm. in, in analysis and stuff Video's this massive, is the first yeah. game where they know he's the guy in charge they might have been looking at his system or what his preferred uh, formations were in the past or whether he you know if I'm a player I'm thinking does he and I fancy me as a winger you know does he play a holding midfielder does he do this does he do that so this is the game where they know who it is they know what that what style they might have to impress so you know, it's not out of the realms of possibility that the players go there pumped up and fired up and go, right, well, Newcastle are kind of where we want to be. Let's go and put a performance in and and, and nick something. But I am going to be a bit more measured and say one all. Um The great one here, though, from, from C, Lion so Eyes, there's two on Villa. We didn't think we'd beat Brentford, but we did on the up now. And yeah, I kind of feel the same about Newcastle. You, you kind of look at it and go, I'm not so sure about that. But again, I felt the same against Brentford. Just on Emery, some of the stuff that we've written about this week and the podcast we've done and Guillaume coming on. That kind of analysis and that level of loving football and being all in, to coin a Gerard phrase, we did this before, didn't we? Dean Smith's phrase is kind of left over a little bit, Steve Bruce's phrases left over a little bit, but Unai Emery is all in. If ever any any manager was all in, super meticulous, super detailed, and kind of the, I think the quote that that you wrote about yesterday or today was about the players kind of being in the sh- in for the shock of their lives. Do so you just want to explain a little bit about what you've been you know writing about this week and, and what the players are in for?
1: Yeah, very, very meticulous in his detail, Dan, and he's up on, on a level with Pep Guardiola in terms of every, looking at every aspect of... The video analysis him at Bodimore Heath will be the room the players will be in most. They've got, they've got to take it on board. Big culture change next week onwards. Big changes are afoot at Bodimore Heath. And they're needed, aren't they, really? Yeah. The owners the owners aren't happy with where they are with the money they've spent, the talent they've got in the building. They need a big shift. And Unai is the man to do that. So big changes are afoot. I think under Gerard, it become. Yeah, I mean, he had his favourites, didn't he? And those who were cast aside, they weren't really interested. Whereas Emily wants everyone buying into it. I think Aaron Danks did that well last weekend with McGinn coming on, Coutinho and that. And everyone, everyone's buying into that. Leon Bailey spoke so well of Danks after the game as well. Mm. Um, so he wants that, yeah, get, get, get that togetherness back. Because I think that was missing clearly on the pitch as well in the final few weeks of Gerard's era. So, yeah, it will galvanise them. Prepare for a lot of detail, a lot of detail. Whether the player tied that on board or not, it's up to them. If they don't, they won't be in the team for too long. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be Emery's way of the highway, and he'll bring a lot of coaching staff with him. Um, and yeah, it's, it's gonna be fascinating. There's a lot, quite a lot of Spanish speakers anyway at Villa as well, which help things as well. Christian Pilsler, very fluent in Spanish as well. <laughs> is he uh, very, yeah, fluent in Spanish, French. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yeah. So. Got a lot of South Americans there as well, yeah, in, yeah. in terms of the culture, and so yeah, I think it's uh, a match made in heaven. And people like Buendia will really, really get, will really benefit from this. Mm-hmm. Emery's big on his work right, work ethic, um, yeah, off the ball, yeah. and I think Buendia gives you that as well. So Watkins, I think Watkins gives you that as well. So yeah, Emery took the job pretty quickly, didn't he? And he must have seen, seen the group of players he had to work with, and went, yeah, I fancy a bit of that.
0: Well, we said so, this before, yeah. didn't we? A good manager will look at that squad and think, oh, "I can get them into the top half, probably this yeah, yeah. season. Never mind getting that. into Europe with a bit of, you know, a bit of wheeling and dealing, etc. I can do something yeah. with that squad as it is." So, you know. But kind of wait and see. There's the two sides of the coin, isn't there? You're of going, you're going heavy on a manager here who's big about a culture and a work ethic, and you know, like you said, it's my way or the highway. He's coming with a lot of coaches. If that doesn't work, and I don't want to be negative about it. It's kind of ripping it all out and back to square one again because you've gone all in for Emery to to come in and be the guy. The opposite of that is that it does kind of feel like, and again, this is a, a generalization. If you give Emery time, if you give him three seasons it probably will work if he can buy the right players to fit the way he wants to play and they take the stuff on board that he's telling them and he can improve the players we already got. Mm. It should work at some point on paper. I know you could kind of say that about every manager, but to have somebody so clued up on the details and the tactical side of the game, he has been able to do it in Spain. He did a pretty good job at Arsenal, all, con- all things considered where so, they were looking, at the yeah, time. He did. Look, like looking back with hindsight. There was a couple of Arsenal fans that worked with us in the video department and they, they were like, good luck, Dan, with Emery. Like he made me hate football. Mm. And it's like well, there's a different time for Arsenal. They were expected just to get back into the Champions League straight away and quite defensive and this kind of thing. But you know, if you, I saw some stats in the week. If you look at Emery's uh, win percentage across his career, if he had his lowest win percentage, wherever that was, I can't remember. Yeah. Forgive me. That would still make him one of like the third best Villa manager ever, or something. Yeah. at like 48% or something like that. I can't remember what it was. AVFC so if you're still watching, you'll have that stat somewhere. Um, but like I said, it, it feels like if you give him time and you're patient, you get him to buy the players that he wants, he gets buy-in from the players that are still there and they take on board what he's telling them and what he's coaching them. It, it should work in theory. I just don't want it to be that... It, 10 months down the line, we're going, oh, you know what, this Unai Emery guy, he wants to change too much too quickly. Player power comes out of nowhere and they they don't like him or get on with him and we are back to square one. I don't want that to be the case. Um, In terms of the players, very quickly, because I've got to go soon, who do you think benefits the most from an Unai Emery kind of manager? You know, a tactician, someone that's going to give them loads of information and the flip side of that, who is going to be maybe concerned about their future thinking, I'm not sure I'll fit in here?
1: Um the big beneficiary. I did mention Buende, didn't I? But Douglas Suarez could be an interesting one. He did really well last week, Douglas, playing alongside ben Duncan That really really suited him. Uh, Douglas was allowed to express himself a bit more as well. Mm. So maybe that. I think Douglas, yeah, he had, he had time time in the league as well, didn't he? Douglas Suarez before. So we'll know what Emory's all about. Um he's got a big heart as well. So he wanna give his all to strong new contracts. I think uh Henry would like to build around Douglas Suarez moving forward. Uh, who wouldn't benefit from it? Tough to say, there's no the real egos, yeah. There's no really, I don't think Villon got any, many egos. I don't think there's not really many, many bad eggs, I wouldn't say, mm. uh, amongst the group. Um,
0: I'd be so, a bit worried yeah. about Coutinho.
1: Cotinho is the obvious one,
0: a very obvious not- Gerard man, a player that's ending the end of his career. Henry with yeah. the obvious replacement for him who probably is yeah. an Emory player so out of all of them I think Coutinho is probably the one that springs to mind as you know, maybe not being around for too long Dannings as well possibly again just as an older player um, but if Dannings isn't going to score you 15 goals a season you'll find a place for him
1: yeah yeah Coutinho he's, he's not an ego he ain't got a big ego at all he's just a confidence player Coutinho. Yeah. yeah so sure. I'll, be, I'll be fascinated to see how Henry looks after him Physic- physically can continue do it in the Premier League now I have my doubts. Um, mm. But yeah, it'd be fascinated to see if you can get the best out of him because obviously Christian Persson and, and the board believed they could get the, the deal over the line to bring Coutinho in in the summer and it hasn't really worked. So, that'd be one to keep an eye on. Um, and yeah, but he'll be back in January as well. So, I think the, all the players now in the squad will have one eye on trying to keep the place and, and, and remain at Villa because otherwise, I think Emery will have the cash to f- spend in January to, to make mm. a few signings. So, yeah, everyone's everyone should be on un, un, notice really and, and looking to impress the new manager. So yeah, exciting, Maria Dan. We're looking forward to it. Should have a an unveiling next week, back end of next week at Villa Park as well. And uh yeah, exciting times. So yeah, i brush up on my Spanish as well, maybe might, might try and surprise him.
0: Yeah. I like um... you know. You I'd go. love that you to ask the first question in Spanish. I'd absolutely love that. Get Duolingo on the go, mate. Let's get Duolingo to sponsor the podcast so we can oh. all learn Spanish. Yeah, um, We'll call it a day there because I've got a meeting at quarter to five. So, Ash, thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it, as always. Um, in terms of tomorrow night's podcast uh, or tomorrow evening's podcast, I'm actually going to my parents' house again for our annual Halloween party. So I might have to do it in fancy dress, to be honest, depending on what time we uh, do the show. What's a costume, Dan?
1: Come on. What's a costume?
0: Uh... Well, I can tell you because my parents won't be watching this, and none of my family will. We don't do like scary costumes, so we normally do like film characters and stuff like that. So last year, my me and my fiance were Harry Potter and Voldemort, so we do like a double act. This year, we are we're Willy Wonka and Augustus Group. Now, you nice. can guess at which one's gonna be who. Um <laughs> yes. with the size of me. Um no, I'll be willy Wonka. Uh but horrible stupid costume off Amazon. But yeah, I might do the might do the podcast in that if times don't allow. It'll either be you and me, because uh, it's obviously an away game, it's not on TV, or maybe I'll get Johnny uh John Insley. Uh John Townley to do it. John Insley will be helping with current Blue. That's why <laughs> his name's on the tip of my tongue. John Townley might be doing it with me, so stay tuned for that. Uh I don't know, six o'clock or something from St. James's Park tomorrow night. And then the next podcast we do will probably be Monday or Tuesday. And I want to do something like the seven things in Unai Emery's Aston Villa tray or something like that. And we'll pick seven things that he needs to do in his first month or whatever. Yeah. Um, and look at the kind of task ahead for him so Ash thanks for your time thanks everyone for tuning in as always we do appreciate it we'll be back tomorrow evening for the post Newcastle show Um, thank you very much for watching and we'll see you then thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode but until then up the villa